there, food eaters. Welcome to episode number 82 of the Food Labels Revealed podcast. I'm your host, Mel Weinstein, your humble, self-professed prophet of processed foods. You know, it's been a long time since I've done a news show, so that's going to be the content for today. I have a news feed that scours the internet for food-related stories. Periodically, I review those stories looking for ones that might interest my Facebook subscribers. In a seemingly random fashion, I post the articles on Facebook at Food Labels Revealed Podcast. Then, every once in a while, I'll select a group of articles from the Facebook page for review in the podcast, along with some pertinent commentary. That's the background. So, let's get started. So many stories to choose from. Dozens and dozens. I bring you seven. The first two stories are about a subject that's been getting a considerable buzz in the last several years. If you haven't heard about it recently, you will soon. It's the talk of the food world. The next revolution in what people will eat. I'm talking about lab-grown meat. No more herds of cattle grazing on the western grasslands. No more holding your breath or gagging as they pass by a giant feedlot and stockyard in Colorado. No more giant swine barns housing thousands of pigs with their waste collected and sent to holding lagoons to be sprayed on nearby crops. Again, hold your nose. No more chicken sheds with up to 10,000 birds cramped in close quarters and coughing on the ammonia produced from their own waste because they can't get fresh outside air. Someday, farmed animals will be a distant memory. Only their cells will be kept alive to generate all the meats we're familiar with. Animal cells will be like the sourdough starters of the meat industry in the future. I've talked about lab-grown meat before. If you'd like to delve into older episodes to get some background, check out number 63, called Futuristic Foods, and the last new show, number 77, called Lab Meat, The Next Food Revolution. The first story comes from the online magazine Food Ingredients First. It is entitled, JBS to Open Brazil's First Cultivated Protein Research Center published in September 2023. First of all, what is JBS? JBS is a meat processing and packing company originating in Brazil, but it has become a juggernaut in the United States in recent decades. Their U.S. headquarters is in Greeley, Colorado. If you haven't heard of them, you're not alone. Unlike Tyson, they keep a pretty low profile, but their impact is huge. In 2007, they purchased Swift & Company, making them the largest beef processor in the world. In 2008, they purchased Smithfield Foods. Then in 2009, they acquired Pilgrim's Pride Chicken Company with an eventual ownership share of 75%. In 2015, they purchased Cargill's pork processing business. Back to the article. Here's the point. Possibly the biggest meat processor in the world is investing in lab meat. Speaking rhetorically, what does that tell you? JBS sees a huge future in lab-grown meat. Eventually, JBS's cultivated protein will take the form of prepared foods, 
such as hamburgers, sausages, and other products with the aim to provide similar quality, flavor, and texture as traditional meat products. A similar technology will be developed to produce chicken, pork, and fish. JBS's innovation in cellular meat also has a base in Spain, where they are the major shareholder in the company called Biotech Food. That company plans to construct its first commercial-scale industrial plant in 2024. When I first started hearing and reading about cultured meat, I thought that it was a fantastic solution to some of the world's greatest problems like hunger, pollution, global warming, animal cruelty, and so on. But I contemplated on how difficult it would be to sell the concept to the general public. Why not first instead promote a blend of plant-based and cultured meat to attract consumers? In this way, people could get used to the idea of lab-grown meat when it's combined with tried-and-true non-meat products. I thought the same thing about electric cars. Instead of forcing the American public to embrace electric cars by 2035 and the electric infrastructure of quick charging stations, why not start by ramping up the production of hybrid cars, that is cars that are powered with a combination of gasoline and electric power, to allow a slow transition and acceptance towards a 100% electric auto industry. This brings me to the second story. It also comes from Food Ingredients First and is entitled Maine, that's M-A-N-E, and New Form Foods to Create Hybrid Meat Products by Blending Plant-Based Protein, published in September 2023. The companies mentioned Maine and New Form Foods have forged a partnership to further the concept of hybrid high-protein foods. Maine with affiliates in 38 countries, has been a leader in the flavor and fragrance industry since 1871. It provides customized flavor and functional solutions for many food formulations. New Form Foods is a newer company which for 20 years has worked in the alternative protein and biotech industries to bring innovative products to the marketplace. Formerly known as the Monsi Meat Company, This South African firm recently created the Plenty Foundation, a nonprofit whose aim is to address food insecurity and malnutrition in Africa using the techniques of biotechnology. In partnering with Maine, New Form Foods hopes to improve the flavor of cultivated muscle and fat, which, in combination with plant-based meats, will produce flavorful hybrid meat alternatives which will help bring down the costs of cell-based meats. Dr. Louis Fernandez, Vice President of Strategic Development at Maine, says, quote, We believe that hybrid formulations represent a prudent choice to leverage the diversity of available technologies, including cultivated meat, plant-based options, mycoproteins, which is from fungi, single-cell proteins, And Maine would like to give consumers a taste of what's possible when innovation and food expertise come together to strike a balance between cost, texture, taste, color, flavor, yield, sustainability, nutritional benefits, and functionality. Furthermore, Dr. Fernandez goes on to say, 
We are enthusiastic about the future potential of cultivated meat, believing it has a crucial role to play in the protein transition. It can serve as a single source of highly nutritious alternative protein, promoting cruelty-free practices and protecting animal welfare. Or it can be integrated with plant-based or other non-animal raw materials to meet evolving consumer needs. Stories number three and number four, both from The Guardian in England, deal with one of my favorite topics, ultra-processed foods, known as UPFs in shorthand. Some people call it industrially produced edible substances. This is the stuff of junk foods and fast foods, those foods which have a high concentration of industrialized ingredients. Originally, they may have started out as whole foods, like think corn, but through extreme processing and the addition of industrial chemicals, have turned into something else, think corn chips. The original whole food got broken down into constituent parts, some nutritional value was lost, some of the parts got recombined, new components were added like natural and factory-made additives, and the taste, fragrance, and texture got modified to entice the innocent consumer who is looking for a satisfying experience to fulfill their cravings. Unfortunately, those cravings may sacrifice their health. That's the nature of food consumption in present-day America. It's estimated that over 50% of Americans eat diets high in ultra-processed foods. So what? Well, just within the last 15 years, many research studies have revealed the association between diets rich in UPFs and a host of lifestyle diseases, such as heart disease, stroke, cancers, metabolic disorders, dementia, as well as kidney, liver, and autoimmune problems. In my book, Fast Food Ingredients Revealed, What Are You Eating?, I include a chapter summarizing the results of 10 recent scientific studies involving UPFs and long-term health issues, as an example. And one very large study in France, called the Nutrinet Sante Study, involving about 105,000 participants from 2009 to 2017, the researchers concluded the following as regards the probability of cancer morbidity. For every 10% increase in the amount of UPFs consumed, there was an associated risk of 12% in overall cancer occurrence. The effect was cumulative. That is, a 20% increase in UPFs caused a 24% increase in cancer risk. The first Guardian story from August 2023 is entitled Ultra-Processed Food Raises Risk of Heart Attack and Stroke. Two studies show. Here are the details. Quote, the first study, which tracked 10,000 women for 15 years, found that those with the highest proportion of UPF in their diet were 39% more likely to develop high blood pressure than those with the lowest. This was the case even after academics adjusted for the effect of salt, sugar, and fat. High blood pressure or hypertension increases the risk of serious heart conditions, including heart disease, peripheral artery disease, aortic aneurysms, kidney disease, and vascular dementia. The second study 
a gold standard meta-analysis of more than 325,000 men and women showed those who ate the most UPFs were 25% more likely to have cardiovascular events, including heart attacks, strokes, and angina. Increasing daily UPF consumption and calorie intake by 10% was associated with a 6% increased risk of heart disease. And those with UPF making up less than 15% of their diet were least at risk of any heart problems, according to the research led by the 4th Military Medical University in Xi'an, China. The second Guardian story, also from August 2023, is entitled The Guardian View on Ultra-Processed Food. Blame business, not consumers. Here is the gist of the article. Quote, UPF consumption is not driven by indolence or greed, but poverty, intensive marketing, and foods designed to make us keep eating. In one experiment, when diets were precisely matched for nutritional content, people ate substantially more on a UPF-only diet than on a UPF-free one. The government should assure that people learn not only about the risks of UPF, but also about how to eat well. Marketing that targets children should be reined in, and warning labels on products introduced, a measure that has proved highly effective in reducing demand for high-salt and high-sugar items in Chile, for example. This government, Britain, has no appetite for action. It has shelved the ban on two-for-one offers on foods high in salt, fat, and sugar, and delayed a ban on advertising such foods on television before 9 p.m., but intervention is needed to ensure that food consumption is driven by nutritional needs and appetites, not by financial growth. End quote. The fifth story today from September 2023 comes from National Public Radio, NPR, and is entitled Fed Up Consumers Are Increasingly Going After Food Companies for Misleading Claims. Here are some examples. Starbucks Mango Dragon Fruit, Strawberry Akai, and Pineapple Passion Fruit have what in common? They are missing, you guessed it, mango, strawberry, and passion fruit. Quote, that's what two consumers who have sued Starbucks for consumer protection law violations say about the coffee giant's fruit-based drinks. This week, a federal judge in Manhattan ruled their case could move forward. A spokesperson for Starbucks says the allegations in the suit are inaccurate and without merit. Company attorneys argue in court files that some of the words in its product name refer to flavors, not ingredients, and that baristas could have explained that to customers who asked. It's the latest example of a recent legal trend that's seen fed-up consumers taking major food and beverage companies to court over what they say is fishy advertising. There has been a smorgasbord of accusations in recent years. Barilla pasta isn't made in Italy. Burger King's Whoppers are smaller than they appear. The boneless wings served at Buffalo Wild Wings aren't actually chicken wings. Subway's 100% tuna sandwiches either partially or completely lack tuna. Taco Bell skimps on the fillings in its Mexican pizza Crunch Wrap Supreme, and more. Opinion claims about a product are called puffery, and they're perfectly fine under false advertising law. 
What false advertising does not allow is a false factual claim. A&W Concentrate Company agreed to pay up to $15 million to settle claims that its root beer and cream soda weren't made with aged vanilla, as the label suggested. In 2014, Red Bull announced that it would pay more than $13 million to settle a lawsuit brought by buyers who said the energy drink didn't, as the marketing materials promised, give you wings. According to Perkins Coie, a law firm that tracks such cases, 214 class action suits were filed against the food and beverage industry in 2022, and 331 cases were brought the year before. It's a major uptick from only the 81 cases filed in 2014, less than a decade earlier. I have an example that was included in my book. Taco Bell came out with a drink called the Wild Strawberry Freeze. Strawberries were not one of the ingredients. The flavor came from an extract. Here is a promotion for the drink. Quote, the Wild Strawberry Freeze is a go-getter. It's frozen. It tastes like real wild strawberries. End quote. Finally, at the bottom of the description at the website is written, quote, freezes are made with artificial flavors and contain no fruit juice, end quote. In my opinion, this commercial exaggeration is fraud, a type of deception perpetrated against the consumer. The sixth story again comes from Britain's The Guardian, published in August 2023. It's entitled, Salt-Free Diet Can Reduce Risk of Heart Problems by Almost 20%. Have you heard of the SOS diet? The acronym stands for Sugar, Oil, Salt, and represents a big segment of the standard American diet. Although these components of food are associated with a wide range of diseases and disorders, a very large portion of the foods we Americans eat have a high percentage of them, which helps to explain the current deteriorating health of the American population as regards obesity, cardiovascular disease, cancer, liver, kidney disorders, autoimmune diseases, and dementia. From the Guardian article, here are their comments on the second S in SOS, that is salt. Quote, cutting out salt from meals can slash your risk of heart problems and strokes by almost a fifth, the largest study of its kind suggests. Research has documented how adding salt to food increases the likelihood of cardiovascular disease and premature death. Now experts have established just how big a difference you could make to your heart health simply by reducing the number of meals to which you add salt, or by ditching it all together. Researchers found those who never add salt to meals were 18% less likely to develop atrial fibrillation, AF, a heart condition, compared with those who always do. The number diagnosed with the condition in the UK has increased by 50% in the last decade to 1.5 million people. Atrial fibrillation causes an irregular and often abnormally fast heart rate, which can lead to dizziness, shortness of breath, and tiredness. 
People with atrial fibrillation are five times more likely to have a stroke. The research used data from the UK Biobank, which involves more than 500,000 people aged between 40 and 70 across the UK from 2006 to 2010. The study suggests even those who switch their diet from always adding salt to usually adding it could see a big difference in their risk. Those in the usual group were 12% less likely to develop atrial fibrillation compared with those who always do so. End quote. Here is the seventh and final story. Published in August 2023, it comes from the online blog Food Revolution and is entitled Heavy Metals and Chocolate, the Lead and Cadmium Concern. Sadly, even foods without harmful additives can have toxic ingredients. There are hundreds of examples. That's just the way the world is. Did you know that peach pits contain a chemical called amygdalin that can generate cyanide in your digestive tract? This is generally not a concern for adults because of the low levels, but children can be poisoned by swallowing a peach pit. From the article, quote, Recent studies have unveiled a disconcerting truth. Certain dark chocolate products contain worrisome levels of two hazardous heavy metals, lead and cadmium. These metals can cause a variety of health complications in people of all ages, some of the most contaminated chocolates are popular organic varieties, and the higher the cacao content, the more cadmium and lead they are likely to contain. In 2005, researchers discovered that while Nigerian cocoa beans in their shells contained virtually no lead, by the time they were turned into finished cocoa products, that is chocolate bars and cocoa powder, they had some of the highest lead levels of any food. And tests published by the FDA in 2018 and Consumer Reports in 2023 confirm that there are concerning amounts of lead and cadmium across many of the world's best-known chocolate brands. There is no threshold for lead and cadmium safety mandated by the U.S. government. The researchers relied on California standards for how much is too much. The California daily maximum allowable dose levels are no more than 0.5 micrograms for lead and 4.1 micrograms for cadmium. The Consumer Reports Lab found that out of the 28 dark chocolate bars tested, 8 had more than 100% of the maximum allowable dose of cadmium in a single ounce. 10 had more than 100% of the daily allowable dose of lead per ounce, and five contain more than 100% of both cadmium and lead. The International Agency for Research on Cancer, IARC, classifies cadmium as a group one carcinogen, meaning that it's known to cause cancer in humans. When you ingest cadmium in solid form, your body goes to work to rid itself of the toxin. First, your liver metabolizes it and then sends it to your kidneys for filtering, and then it gets forwarded to your bladder for excretion via urine. Problems occur when the amount of cadmium exceeds 
your kidney's ability to detoxify it, which can lead to kidney disease. When cadmium is inhaled, it can cause lung cancer and emphysema. The agency puts inorganic lead compounds in group 2A, meaning they are probable human carcinogens. But there are many disorders related to lead exposure that aren't cancer. In adults, acute symptoms of lead poisoning include gastrointestinal issues, musculoskeletal pain, fatigue, and neuropsychiatric symptoms such as irritability, fatigue, and anxiety. In some cases, lead exposure can mimic the effects of PTSD, even in the absence of a traumatic event. And as harmful as it is to adults, lead exposure in children is even worse. There is no safe amount for children in whom exposure may cause deficits in cognitive development, behavioral problems, hearing loss, and acute encephalopathy, an umbrella term for any damage to the brain. In children, lead exposure can also affect the kidneys and gastrointestinal tract and can even lead to anemia by interfering with vitamin D metabolism and hemoglobin synthesis. As cacao trees grow, they absorb soil nutrients through their roots, and they also absorb cadmium, which accumulates in the tree as it grows. Not all cacao-producing regions are equal in soil cadmium, which explains why some chocolates have little cadmium while others are much higher. Lead, on the other hand, hardly gets into the tree's tissues at all. Researchers have found almost no lead in the interior of cacao beans while they're still on the tree. Instead, the lead accumulates on the outer shell. Where is all this lead coming from? Researchers tested high lead beans from Nigeria and discovered that the lead isotopes implicated fumes and particulates from leaded gasoline. Subsequent investigation found that the harvested beans were typically dried next to a road to make transport easier and more efficient. To reduce lead contamination, manufacturers are advised to minimize soil contact with cacao beans during drying as well as to dry them far away from roads, especially in regions where leaded gasoline is still used, and other lead-rich environments. Cadmium is a harder problem since it originates in the soil. If you're eating dark chocolate for its cardiovascular and mental health benefits, you'll be pleased to know that research shows you can still reap those benefits with as little as one-third of an ounce per day. Opting for the dark chocolate brands that contain lower levels of heavy metals as identified by Consumer Reports can also help you protect your health. And some experts recommend choosing chocolates with a lower percentage of cacao. Dark chocolate tends to be higher in heavy metals, probably because of its higher cacao content. Finally, you may want to restrict children's consumption of chocolate given their heightened vulnerability to heavy metals and the long-term damage those elements can do, end quote. So sad. Even one of the most popular foods in the world can be harmful to our health. Just take it easy on the chocolate. Eat small amounts of it at a time. Hey, food eaters, time to end the show. To all the listeners in podcast land, old and new, I appreciate you tuning in. 
If you have a little more time, I'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating at the iTunes store. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com. Or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And, of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by downloading a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify. If you think your family, friends, coworkers, or acquaintances might be interested in this podcast, tweet or post a link through your social media outlets to get the word out. If you haven't already, check out my book on Amazon by searching on my name, Mel Weinstein, or Fast Food Ingredients Revealed. Till later, remember this. If you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The outro music is a clip from Happy Boy, composed by Kevin McLeod. Thank you.